friends. This is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place for you to learn more about Him and to grow in your relationship with Him. If you find the podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement, and you will be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. International podcast. We are in the book of Romans and we're in chapter 2. Today we're going to pick up in verse 12 and go through verse 16. I've got a lot of things I want to cover today, so let me read the verses and then we'll get started. For all who have sinned without the law will perish also without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them, on the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Well, I'm hoping to get through this paragraph in two episodes. I want to first talk today about the law, about what Paul's talking about in these verses in regards to the law. And then secondly, I've alluded in a couple episodes previously in talking about ultimate judgment and withholding those comments until we got to a certain point in chapter 2. And this is that point in verse 16. So this first episode on this paragraph will be talking about the law. And then in the next episode, we'll pick up this idea of judgment. The reason why I think these things are significant is because in verse 12 is the first mention of the law that Paul uses so far in the book of Romans. Now, he's going to use the word law and talk about the law 50 more times from this point on in the book. But up until this point, he has not mentioned the law. He also takes up this idea of judgment, finally, in verse 16. And if you look at the book of Romans and you look at the idea of judgment in regards to God's judgment, this is the last time that Paul's going to refer to judgment in regards to God's judgment in the book of Romans. So I think it's a significant, pivotal point. And that's why I wanted to make the concluding comments on judgment in regards to verse 16. But that's going to be in the next episode. So for this episode, let's look at this idea of law and look what Paul's dealing with. Remember again that Paul is in a conversation about God's judgment. He's moving through a process and talking about how God is impartial in his judgment. We've already seen in verses 5 through 11 that God is impartial in his judgment in regards to people's deeds. He doesn't find any other grounds on which to judge people other than the fruit of their lives that comes forth from the reality of some inward disposition. And we looked at that in detail in the last episode. But now Paul's going to take up this idea of the law. Obviously, the law is a very important concept in the book of Romans, especially in the Jewish Christian context that Paul's writing. Now, I want to point out some technical details and just go through these verses and kind of get our heads around what it is Paul's saying. So Paul says that those who have sinned without the law will perish without the law, and those who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. 
first thing to notice is he's talking, obviously, about Gentiles and Jews, those who do not have the law and those who do have the law. And he points out also that both have sinned. One has sinned without the knowledge of the law, and the other one has sinned under the knowledge of the law. And so that's something that we want to see clearly, that Paul's not making a distinction in regards to people's ability to either keep the law or not keep the law. He's saying that whether you have the law or whether you don't have the law, both categories of people, the Jew and the Gentile, have sinned. And one sins under the law, and they will be judged by the law that they sin under. The other sins without the law, and they will perish without the law. Now, Paul's going to go into an interesting comment in verses 13 and 14. Let's try to follow where he's going, because this argument that he's given is a bit complex, and so we have to pick our way through it so we don't get lost in what Paul's trying to communicate. For he says in verse 13 that it's not nearly the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law are justified. Now, what is Paul talking about? Well, we don't know for sure, but he's probably talking about an attitude in the Jewish people. And we're going to see this in more detail when we get into verse 17 and following. There was this type of pride in the fact that the Jews had the law, that they were the ones that possessed the commandment of God. Now, there are definitely different ways to interpret this, and I'm not going to go into the details of that. It's a whole stream of thought in scholarship about how the Jews viewed the law in the first century. Century. Some argue that the Jews just saw themselves as a covenant people who possessed the law, and because of their possession of the law, it gave them some type of advantage before God. Others argue that the Jews saw that justification came through actually doing the law, and so they put their faith, so to speak, they put their hope in the fact that they could perform the law good enough in order to earn favor before God. So now we're not going to go into much more detail in that regard. I don't want to confuse the discussion, but just know that there are different camps out there that believe different things in how the Jews saw the law in the first century. But nonetheless, Paul actually gives us a lot of insight into how he understood how the Jews saw the law. And I think there's probably nobody that has more better grounds to do that than Paul because he was a Pharisee and he was a Jew. And when he met Christ, things began to shift for him. It was a reworking of his understanding. Okay, so all that to say is that Paul's probably commenting on this attitude in the Jews that said, well, we hear the law, we have the law, so we're justified before God. But he says, don't fool yourselves. It's not just those that hear the law only. It's the ones that do the law. But then he goes on in verse 14, and he says, For when the Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves. Now what is he saying here? Well, he's saying that, first of all, the Gentiles do not have the law. And this word instinctively, the way it's translated in the text that I'm using, the New American Standard Version, it seems to be that the word instinctively is applied to the doing of the law. And listen to what it says. It says, the Jews who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law. Probably a better translation would put the emphasis on the having of the law instinctively. In other words, it would read like this, For when Gentiles who do not have the law instinctively do the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves. Now, what's the difference? 
The difference is that Paul's contrasting those who instinctively by nature have the law and those who instinctively by nature don't have the law. The Jews by nature at this point, but the very fact that you were born a Jew at this stage in history, you had the law instinctively by nature. It was yours because you were a Jewish person and the law had been given many thousands of years before. But as a Gentile, you don't instinctively by nature have the law, but you're able to also do the things that are written in the law, not so much on a line item by line item, but you're able to do the things that are right before God. And he says when the Gentiles do those things, they are a law to themselves in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts. Does he mean that the Torah is written in the heart of the Gentile? No. He's saying that there's something happening in the nature of man that by conscious sake, they make decisions to do the right thing. Now, remember, he's not making a case for being justified by the law. He's already pointed out in verse 12 that everybody sinned without the law and everybody sinned with the law. Paul's not taking up the idea of justification here. He's taking up the idea that you cannot claim privilege by having the law. So he's saying to the Jews, the Gentiles even show that there is some principle of law at work in their lives when they choose to do the right thing. Now, I want to point out something very important in this discussion about the law that I think goes unnoticed by a lot of people, because 2,000 years past this point where we find ourselves today, we've become very comfortable as Christians interacting with the Hebrew Bible and interacting with the history of the Jews and the history of God working through the Jewish people to bring Jesus the Messiah into the world. And so we're quite comfortable in moving in and around the things of Judaism as Christians. And I'm fine with that to a certain extent. But I want you to listen to what Paul's saying in these verses. And he's speaking to Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians. And he's very clear that Gentile Christians do not have the law. Now, I want you to consider this. How much of our Christian perspective, how much of our Christian lifestyle is governed by the way we interact with the law? by the way we understand the Ten Commandments or the other laws of Moses. And I'm not saying that a normal Christian will open their Bible and necessarily turn to the Old Testament to understand how they're supposed to live their life. But I am saying that the law by nature has become very prominent in our thinking. But Paul acknowledges that the Gentiles are without the law. They've never even heard the law. You have to put yourself in their shoes in the first century. They have never had the privilege of standing in the synagogue and hearing the law. They were not even allowed in the synagogue. The only way a Gentile could ever have access to hearing the law and much less understanding the things of the law was to become a proselyte and to convert to Judaism. And there was provision for that in the Old Testament for the foreigner to come in to Judaism. But this is what would have to happen. 
The Gentiles do not, by nature, have the law. They don't practically have access to the law. They had no understanding of the law. Now, I want you to think about that in a very practical way. Think about your own lifestyle if you're a Gentile. And when I always talk about this when I'm teaching about the law, I make a disclaimer because I realize that someone in my audience might be a Jew. And I have the deepest and utmost respect for that. And for the Jew, they're going to have to go through their own journey of filtering through what it is Paul's talking about in reference to the law. Now, he's very clear. He makes very distinct comments all throughout his letters about the Jews' relationship to the law. But what's important for the Gentile audience, for Paul, is that he or any other New Testament writer would have never even seen the law as an issue for the Gentile because the Gentiles had no access to the law. So this is a very profound thought when we think about our relationship with God as Gentiles. And I just want to encourage you to sit with the Lord and consider these things. Sometimes it's very difficult to even think about our relationship with God apart from some type of element of law. But I want you to hear in these verses what Paul's saying is that you who are Gentiles, you do not by nature have the law because Paul's going to go on ultimately and say that it's the spirit that's been given to us that empowers us to fulfill the law, whether we're Jew or Gentile. And But that's going to be way ahead in chapter 8. But I just wanted to point these things out in this episode. So just consider these things, meditate on them. I know I may have left a lot of things open in this episode, but we can't do everything in one episode. But we'll do some more in the next episode, specifically moving into our understanding of the final judgment of God, where he's going to judge the secrets of men's hearts through Jesus Christ. That's going to be the topic of our next episode. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.